0: Morning Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck?
0: I'll be real honest with you cuz I don't I don't like lying to my friends. Okay. That sounded like a like you had COVID in that intro.
1: Uh, that's why, you know, I've been allowing you to do the intro for the last few days, you know. But and here
0: I was rolling up my sleeves. I just, know,
1: ready to go. And rolled mine up too right here.
0: And you started and I and I was just like, oh man, that doesn't
1: it was rough. Doesn't
0: sound as good.
1: We'll re-record another intro. That way we don't have to do that terrible COVID intro right there. I feel much about I'm sure everyone's very concerned. You're tuning in today to see whether or not I lived or died. I feel better today than I did yesterday. I felt worse this morning than I did yesterday, but it's gone away.
0: Which could be a false breakout. Mm-hmm. It could be like a false, yeah. You know, you know how when you're reading a chart and you're like, "Oh, I'm feeling better," and then yeah. it just crashes.
1: That's that's how it happens. You know, I what, feel like death is the same way. When I got COVID the first time, I felt good enough to do an episode like that Monday after we came back, even though I had a fever for a couple of days, and then I just moved into a long period of slow death over the next couple of weeks. So I don't know. We'll see, but it's feeling good right now. I'm feeling positive about it. Anyway, this is good morning Liberty where we talk because about you are positive. I am. I am positive. I'm not a positive person. But, uh, but you know the thing. This is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of our positive COVID tests every single day of the week when we want to. So make sure you smash that follow button, the like button, the subscribe button, whichever button is in front of your face right now that you haven't smashed. Make sure that you hit it and go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com and chip in as little as $5 a month so you can hang out and chat with us live. We got a big group in here today for about... 10-15 minutes beforehand we've been talking about each other's love languages beforehand see it's not all politics yeah that we didn't even talk politics we've been talking about love languages so if you want to tell us your love language they're gonna to have to pay us at least five dollars a month and come into the live group okay our love language is five dollar subscriptions on locals so go ahead and do that and actually our bigger love language is a fifteen dollar subscription on locals, but whichever one,
0: yeah, which yeah, whichever you choose. But we also we talked about more things of that than that, which is uh, Nate Fest, mm-hmm. which is what we've decided to call our annual meetup. We started last year with the 500th episode. We did a little meetup in Nashville. We had I think close to 20 people from the live group. It was really fun. Everybody came in. We hope that keeps growing every single year. Um, and so, since Nate is the beloved host that everyone. Is completely, everyone's love language in the live group, I think, is Nate. Yeah. That's their love language. Mm-hmm. And so we've decided to name it Nate Fest. And um, so if, if you want to be a part of that, you have to be in the live group. I know it sounds like you're buying an invite. Can
1: I just interrupt but, you real quick? But I heard an advertisement somewhere that this liquid IV stuff tasted good. And that was misinformation. And if I heard that on the Joe Rogan podcast, which I think I did, and I'm kind of down with what all these people are doing right now because this stuff is terrible. They need a warning. Just so their, everyone knows, it's awful.
0: They need a warning for their
1: ad. I, You know, right now I'm drinking a bottle of water and it's like I'm drinking three bottles of water at one time, but I'd rather just drink three bottles of water, okay? Anyway, I don't think we'll be getting an endorsement from them anytime but when we do rest assured, they'll send us a product that we like and then we'll talk <laughs> and
0: it'll taste good. <laughs> really great about it
1: for sure. Let's get going on some news, though, because we've got quite a few stories in here and we have a limited amount of time. Charlie, tell us about this raid that happened in Syria overnight. Our fearless leader,
0: Joe Biden, fearless, the man's fearless under his watch. Uh, this coming from Newsweek. The U.S. conducts successful raid on ISIS in Syria. Civilians die in battle. The U.S. military, which of course is fine.
1: Mm, I mean, it's it's a war.
0: Exactly. Exactly. The U.S. military has conducted a nighttime raid in Syria against the head of ISIS. While no, US, while no U.S. casualties were reported, a number of civilians died as a result of what Biden's administration has said was a suicide blast by the ISIS leader. Quote, last night at my direction, U.S. military forces in northwest Syria successfully undertook a counterterrorism operation to protect the American people and our allies and to make the world a safer place. His poll numbers suck. (laughs) He he needed something.
1: For good reason. The state-run
0: Syrian Arab News Agency issued a report counting 13 dead, six of them women and three children, citing local sources the senior administration's official expressed gratitude to the Syrian uh, democratic forces whose support was essential to the mission's success and with whom we will continue to relentlessly pursue remnants of ISIS and its leadership. So they found, I guess where this guy was,
1: this was apparently and the leader them. of ISIS.
0: Yeah. The leader right. of yeah. the global network of ISIS. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they, they found him. They called him. They're like, hey, man, we're going to come to get you. And they're yeah. like, no,
1: you're not. And they were like, no, yeah, we're going to come in there. Yeah. And then someone hung up on someone else. It was a very was like, contentious phone call. Yeah, exactly. He was yeah. like,
0: no, no, no. I'm going to, if you do, I'm going to blow myself up.
1: This isn't misinformation, by the way. This is exactly how it went down.
0: Well, yeah. this, this is how it went down in my speculation memory. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, no, 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 we're going to come in there and get you. And, and then they hung up, like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it was a phone click and then boom.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds exactly like how it was. Now, Syria did uh, approve of this, apparently, but there were a number of civilians that were killed in this, albeit the government is blaming uh, the ISIS leader for this, saying that he exploded uh, some type of a suicide bomb of some sort uh, when they went to get him. And that's how he died, and that's how all the people that were there died. I'm, I'm not saying that that's not true at all. I'm not saying that that's not that guy's fault. What I'm trying to figure out is what we got from this. Okay. The, I understand that it's, uh, it's probably a good thing for the leader of ISIS to not be a member of the world anymore. I get that. Do, do we really think that someone else hasn't already re- replaced him today? I and mean, do you think that the network is, is gone the terrorist organization is gone? There might, no. be,
0: there might be more. Yeah We're they're going co- call themselves something else. Is
1: there not like a secession? There? I mean, there's going to be someone step up into that role who is now the leader. So this guy's gone. Now there's still ISIS. there's still a guy that's the leader, but there's a bunch of civilians that are dead too. And so I can't figure out how this is a net positive. That's my issue. Are they going to stop doing what they're doing? Is that what's going to happen? Are there going to be less ISIS members out there as a result of this attack, or are there going to be more? My guess would be that there could end up being more with the amount of civilians that were killed, although they were apparently living in the building with the uh, with the guy himself. So, uh, but the you know the women and children probably a little bit more innocent on this whole thing, especially the children, and maybe they have family members elsewhere that aren't going to be very happy. I just don't see how this ends up being that positive. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and I you know it's it's tough because you could say like he committed violence or he directed violence against american military forces um, but then also why were we there so i mean like you keep playing yeah. this game i know and you go all the way down to the bottom and you're like well what really started all of this
1: and then so you're a blame america firster
0: no i'm not that but what <laughs> i what what it reminds me of is what martin luther king jr said when he was like we drive out hate with love mm. because you you always have a reason to to fight back, but your retaliation can spark more retaliation, mm-hmm. which sparks more retaliation. And then the, the, the retaliation cycle never ends. Yeah. And so who's actually going to step up and apologize? Yeah, you this know is what the I mean? uh, like,
1: retaliation theory first spoken of by Charlie and Nate from the Good Morning Liberty podcast like a year or two ago. And this cycle never stops and now now ISIS will probably strike somewhere as a retaliation for this and then we'll strike ISIS as a retaliation for that and-, and
0: you know i look i have to address joe's comment here we drove out hitler with love i'm not saying you can't defend yourself yeah. that's not what i'm saying uh, but i mean is is the ISIS leader hitler is that the uh, I mean, if somebody, I don't know. I mean, if there's an evil person going around exterminating people, I guess, yeah, you should. You're should not saying that
1: that's a 100% ironclad theory that always works. You're not saying that you know what Hitler's love language is or anything like that. No, no. You're not going to be able to speak to him in, I wasn't able that to give way. him
0: an attachment theory test. <laughs> okay. So I don't know I gotcha. if he was avoidant or probably avoidant, but...
1: Well, listen. Surely this will give Biden a small bump in the poll numbers, and we all know that that's the real reason that it happened. So, you I, know. all I'm
0: saying is that this is something that should be thought about because it's very difficult to go back and forth. Because I do, I, I'm like, okay, it's okay to defend yourself, but what started this whole thing? Like who who poked the bear first? Yeah, you know, and then and then if we're not if if we're just going to stay, if we don't want to be in war for the next 200 years what actually stops it
1: what's gonna stop it is one of the sides stopping that's gonna that's gonna be what it is and um i don't think that we are listen neither one of them are really neither side are really right right now like it's not okay for isis to go and kill a bunch of innocent people anywhere and probably the way that all of this started uh, was not right on in whatever part we had to get all of this started a long time ago and we're still paying the price for it. And so we're a lot of other people. And so eventually one side just has to say that we're going to stop. And eventually the reason that ISIS is upset or Al Qaeda or anyone is wanting to do this, uh, you got to see if they're, you got to see if they're actually going to, going to stop eventually. I don't know if they are, but you got to try that sometime because this ain't working. It hasn't been working.
0: Yeah, and you know, peace will always win out over violence.
1: Mm -hmm. And the that's that's, I hope you're right about that. Well, uh, let's let's move on to this. Sometimes you got
0: to swallow your pride.
1: I I think that is what we need to do here: is swallow our pride, admit that this isn't working, and and stop this whole thing.
0: It's it's been it's been twenty years.
1: All right, the next one right here. This has been very, I you know, this is a this is annoying to me. And maybe people won't find it suitable for a political podcast that talks a lot about economics and stuff. But um, Brian Flores, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins, is suing the NFL and uh, claiming bias, a racial bias, in the way that the NFL hires coaches and fires coaches and stuff like that.
0: Hey, everybody. I'm Hannah Cox.
1: And I'm Brad Palumbo.
0: We're the host of The Base Politics Network, and we want you to join us for our weekly news roundup, The Base Brief. We believe in teaching people how to think, not what to think. So if you're tired of getting your news from overtly partisan journalists, this show is for you. We have no tribe, we pull no punches, and the only team we root for is the free market and individual liberty. On top of that, we're two good friends who both work as libertarian conservative commentators, but we don't always agree. On The Base Brief, we let you in on the conversations we're already having as we work to analyze the impacts of public policies, spill the industry tea, and hash out our hot takes. Plus, you'll get bonus interviews with top liberty lawmakers and influencers like Senator Rand Paul, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and Libertarian Party vice presidential nominee Spike Cohen. Search Based Politics on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts to subscribe now. That's B-A-S-E-D politics.
0: We can't wait to catch up with you. And in the meantime, stay base.
1: All right. So he was, uh, I think, one of two uh, black coaches that were in the league and now down the one. And then, of course, that means that there is racism rampant inside of the NFL because we're down to one black head coach. Now, the first thing I will say before we get into this is What are you gonna do to stop that? The NFL has a really stupid rule already called the Rooney Rule where you have to interview a black uh, head coaching candidate whenever you're looking for a new head coach. And that is a complete and total sham, which they end up pointing out in this lawsuit. And it is, like you're forcing someone to interview someone, you're not forcing them to hire them. So it's not gonna do anything. But what are you gonna do to actually fix this? Force people to hire people? Uh, force people to fire some of the white coat. Like there's not really a great way to solve this problem. And just because you're down to one or two black head coaches doesn't exactly mean that it is for sure racism that is going on. Is there racism that is happening between with some of the NFL owners? I'm sure some of them old dudes are racist. Probably. I don't know, but I don't see the, the proof right here for this lawsuit. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Brian Flores Fired as the coach of the Miami Dolphins last month, and has been rejected for new jobs with other clubs. Has sued the NFL and its 32 teams, alleging they have discriminated against him and other black coaches in their hiring practices. His filing in federal court comes just days after the Giants, one of the teams he interviewed with for a position, named Brian Dable, who is white, as their head coach. So we're going to be doing this now in the uh, in the NFL. Flores cited text messages, he said, were sent uh, by Bill Belichick. In the messages, Belichick appears to congratulate Flores for winning the Giants job, which he had yet to interview for at that point. Here are the text messages, by the way. This is really Bill Belichick's fault. Um, Bill Belichick texted the Brian Flores and said, Sounds like you've landed. Congrats. Uh, he responds saying, Did you hear something I didn't hear? Belichick says, Giants? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. And Flores says, I interviewed on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Now, at that point, I feel bad for him because he might not have ever had a shot at Mm -hmm. it. But here he is going to interview for a job where he thinks he has a shot. And likely they were only interviewing him because they have to, because it's a rule. They already had a guy that they wanted to hire for it. So in this position, like I kind of feel bad giving someone false hope when they were actually only doing the interview because they were black. But going on, he says, uh, got it. I hear from Buffalo and, and the Giants that you're the, their guy. Hope it works out. And then Flores says, hey, did you mean to text me? Because there's another Brian guy that they're interviewing right now, Brian Dable. And this guy is Brian Flores. And Belichick says, sorry, I F this up. I double check. I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that, BB, Bill Belichick. And he says, thanks, Bill.
0: Oh, that's got to be
1: gut-wrenching. That's, um, that's not good right there. A giant spokesman, Pat Hamlin, said in the statement the team was confident with the process that resulted in the hiring of Brian Dable and if Flores was in the conversation to be our head coach until the 11th hour. NFL said it is deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and we will defend against these claims, which are without merit. This is the, the issue I have with this is how do you prove that it's because of racism? You know, you're not going to be able to prove that just because there would be a disparity statistically. There's no way to prove that it's because of racism unless you have through email saying, don't hire that guy. He's black. Right. Unless you have that, then you have no proof that it's racism. Simply looking at the numbers and saying that it's because of racism. You can't prove the Giants didn't hire him because he's black. That's that's not possible. You could prove that they're in violation of the Rooney rule because uh, Flores had not interviewed yet. He was interviewing later on, and it turns out they had already decided they were going with Dable, even though they hadn't done their official interview with Flores yet, which they're supposed to do, to be uh, in keeping with that rule. So anyway... These cases face high legal hurdles, most prominently because Flores needs to prove that race was specifically a factor in his being turned down for jobs, even as he continues to interview for open coaching positions. Nearly 20 years ago, the league introduced the Rooney Rule, which requires the team to interview a diverse list of candidates for coaching and general manager positions. With Flores's ouster, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers is the lone black head coach in the league, while Ron Rivera of the Washington C- Commanders now is the NFL's only Hispanic head coach. And what's really funny is last night, commies was trending on Twitter because that is what everyone is going to nickname the Washington Commanders, and that is hilarious.
0: I also saw someone who redid their uniforms and had like pilgrim shoes with cleats hanging out the bottom <laughs> of them. <laughs> with like black. wigs on their helmets, it was hilarious.
1: <laughs> black head coaches have long complained that they are often called for interviews simply so teams can comply with the Rooney Rule.
0: And the answer is yes, yes, of course, of course. If you're forced to do something, you're going to comply with it. Yeah, that's, so, that's exactly right.
1: And that's the whole problem with like all you have to do is interview someone who is black, and then you're complying with the Rooney Rule. Of course, a lot of people are going to get interviews that they wouldn't have already that they wouldn't have otherwise had. And you know the ones that got hired were the ones that were seriously being considered in the first place. They didn't get this interview, and then they were like, oh, well, you know, I know we did this because of the Rooney rule, but it turns out I like this guy way more than the other guys. They already know everything about the guy before they actually do the interview. Okay. Flores named other black coaches he said have been discriminated against, had proved the discrimination. That's what I want to know. Including the former Colts and Lions head coach, Jim Caldwell, the former Cardinals head coach, Steve Wilkes, and the former Texans head coach, David Coley, who was fired last month after one season. Well, being fired after one season, that's definitely proof that it was out of racism. No one ever gets fired after one season. Before being hired by the Dolphins, Flores said he sat for what was what he called a sham interview with executives from the Denver Broncos. He said it was clear from the sumpt- substance of the interview that Flores was interviewed only because of the Rooney rules. So now... Even though they're required to interview a black head coaching prospect, if, if you feel like they're not taking the interview seriously, then it's a sham interview, and then there's evidence of racism also at that time. Uh, not long after the Broncos hired Vic Fangio, Fangio I don't know his name who was white as their new head coach. He was fired on January 9th, after three seasons in Denver. Wait, he was fired. I thought he was white. Hmm, huh? Okay, I got some stuff here from the lawsuit because the actual text of the lawsuit has some ridiculous stuff in it, some really ridiculous stuff. Just from a couple parts here, NFL remains rife with racism, particularly when it comes to the hiring and retention of blackhead coaches, coordinators and general managers. Over the years, the NFL and 32 member organizations have been given every chance to do the right thing. Rules have been implemented, promises made, but nothing has changed. In fact, the racial discrimination has only been made worse by the NFL's disingenuous commitment to social equity. Skipping down here. All right. Hopefully you're ready for this. This could have been for tomorrow. This is in the lawsuit. This is text from the lawsuit. In certain critical ways, the NFL is racially segregated and is managed much like a plantation. Mm. It's 32 owners, none of whom are black, profit substantially from the labor of NFL players, 70% of whom are black. The owners watch the games from atop NFL stadiums in their luxury boxes while their majority black workforce put their bodies on the line every Sunday taking vicious hits and suffering debilitating injuries to their bodies and their brains while the NFL and its ownership reap billions of dollars. (sighs) Okay. The NFL is racially segregated and is managed much like a plantation. Are people like this ever actually going to take slavery seriously? Right. Or are we just going to use it as like this Political weapon forever and just make a mockery out of it. You know, it's not managed like a plantation. The people that were on plantations were slaves. They were beat, beat to death, forced and labor. tortured if they didn't do the work. They were literally bought and sold. The ownership of the human beings were bought and sold. Okay. This is a job. And those players that are out there on the plantation are making millions of dollars at free will. Yes, but it's ridiculous. It gets annoying because you can tell they just—they don't actually take it seriously. But they get to portray themselves as the people who were take- who are actually serious about it, and the people who aren't racist. I'm offended by this. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous.
0: Okay, and, and I don't—you know—I don't really understand because, like, football's a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. Uh, You know, one guy I can think of that comes to my mind is uh, Tony Dungy. Mm -hmm. He was a coach for a long time. He was one of the youngest coordinators, first black coach to win a Super Bowl. He started his head coaching career in
1: 1996 um, and coached for... He played in the NFL, too, I'm pretty sure, for a short time.
0: Mm -hmm. He was a safety in the NFL. He coached for... Good Lord. He has been a coach since 1980,
1: Coach for the Colts for a long time, right?
0: And was head coach for uh, 12 years. Yeah. 12 years to, with two different teams and won a Super Bowl with the Colts. And so, or was it Tampa Bay? Yeah, was, but that's just one.
1: Yeah, he won with the Colts. That's just one guy that you can name, Charlie, you know, out of all the coaches that there's been there. But it's like, like
0: there. If, if, it, if it was actually about racism, why would he have been a coach for so long? You yeah. know, they should have hired him for a year or two and then fired him because he was black.
1: It, you know why? Because it's, it's not about that. It was about the fact that he did a really good job as a coach. Exactly. He, that he gave them the best chance to win. He was now, beloved when you look by at, his players. When you look at the players out there. Are we going to claim racism? No, we're not. Can we claim race? Like, can uh, can us white folks claim racism? You know, there's a there's a a lot of people out there uh, that are black, and not as many out there that are white. And so that's obviously a racial disparity that's happening. No, it's because you're picked on the basis of your merit. Who's going to be the best people at those positions that's going to give the team the best chance to win? That's what it actually is. They go into some of these numbers, continuing on in the lawsuit here. Many players desire the coach for their post-playing careers. Others desire to work their way up the ladder. Okay, so they say only one of the NFL's 32 teams employs a blackhead coach. That is 3%. Only four of the NFL's thirty-two teams employ a black offensive coordinator, twelve percent. Now we're actually getting in keeping with population demographics. Only eleven of the NFL's thirty-two teams employ a black defensive coordinator. What's the number that they're looking for? By the way, you're just saying only eleven, or
0: well, I mean seventy percent of the players are black, so seventy percent of the coaches should be black. But
1: not, you know, name name like the biggest head coaches. You can name like the biggest head coach out there right now who is also just, just amazing, had an amazing NFL career also. Like, who, would, who is who is that? I know there's been some in history, who, but who is it that, like, name the head coach in the NFL right now that just had an amazing NFL career, and then they went on to coaching. Any You got one? Anyone? There's been some in the past that did that, but it's not a common thing. You know why? You know what one good thing is? Because those who can't do teach. Amen. That's why the white people end up coaching. Yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, there's been some. I think uh, Madden would be a Don Shula, I think, is one. Um, there's, there's I mean, definitely I don't some. know if
0: Madden was a great player. Yeah. He, was, yeah. he was decent. I wouldn't call him an all-star. In like,
1: fact, I can think of a lot of former players who went fact, on to Madden- coach and they were terrible.
0: And if Madden hadn't been a coach and a broadcaster, I don't, I honestly don't know if he would have made it into the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Based on his playing career? Yeah, I don't know. Right, just based yeah. on his playing career? I
0: mean, he was decent,
1: but... Um, so that's some of the numbers they have there. One more thing. Only eight of the NFL 32 teams employ a black special teams coordinator, and only three of the NFL teams employ a black quarterback coach, and only six of the NFL 32 teams employ a black general manager. Well, what, we went all the way down the quarterback's coach there. Why don't we go down the line of all the coaches? Why do we stop with those six items right there? Probably because the numbers aren't quite as beneficial if they would have kept listing that out. These numbers come from a pool of players that is approximately 70% black. It's not a given that the pool of players is the only pool of people that you're taking from. Like I said, just because you're good at doing something doesn't mean that you would be good at coaching other people at doing something. In fact, the people who weren't as good at actually physically performing that thing might have figured out a way to be better at teaching other people how to be really good at doing that thing. Okay? Not saying that that's always what's going to happen, but I think that that is a, a, a likelihood. Well, and, okay?
0: you know, since we know the Cowboys so well, it's that's easy to tell because Kellen Moore, by the way, was a backup mm-hmm. quarterback because he wasn't good enough to be a quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Then he became a quarterback coach. And got pretty good at that that they promoted him to offensive coordinator and he's getting pretty good at that.
1: He's he's okay at it. I wouldn't care if they fired him. There are some things Since he's, he's white, I hope they keep him. There, there
0: are some <laughs> things that he's actually really good at. Some plays I'm like, oh man, that was really nice. Yeah. Um so this happens a lot with people who who know the game really well, but maybe their skills aren't good enough to be like a great player. They end up being really great coaches.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, it's One thing I put in here, also speaking of the Cowboys... Well, read
0: read the claim here. The claim is that this is not by chance. This is from the lawsuit, by the way. And this is the claim they're making. This is not by chance. Rather, the the statistics above and those described throughout this complaint are the result of race discrimination. There could be no other... Prove it. There could be no other reason for this. Yeah. It's only the result of race discrimination. Now, could there be some racial discrimination? Of course, in the NFL, of course there could be. Yeah, it's ran by human beings. But this is like this; these numbers don't point to any of that.
1: No, you're gonna have to to show me a smoking gun email where someone said hire the white one. That's what it's gonna have to say. And by the way, you know the Cowboys head coach Mike Mike McCarthy, who's been there for two seasons. Right? I didn't watch a couple years ago, but he's been there for two seasons. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. And there's people, not just fans, but people all over Sports Center and NFL Network saying they need to get rid of him. Need to get someone else in there after two seasons and taking him to 12 and 5 this year, right? 12 and 5, I That's think. That's right. And wanting to get rid of him. And he happens to be white also. Now, if he gets fired, then you can't claim any racial discrimination, but you could be getting rid of him after two years and a 12 and 5 season and a embarrassing playoff appearance, you know? But anyway, it's just, you can't look at the amount of time someone stays somewhere and say, like Brian Flores, he had two back-to-back winning seasons, and say, well, they, they fired him after two back-to-back winning seasons. Man, a quote from Moneyball here, if you, don't, if you don't win the last game of the year, nobody cares, okay? It doesn't matter. So that's, that's, what, they're, that's what they're looking for. And it doesn't matter if you just had a, a barely good winning season. If you didn't make the playoffs, no one cares. You you can have, you know, a little bit of leeway if you do make it deep into the playoffs, but you gotta win that last game of the year. That's what people are looking for. Yep. So anyhow, the uh, another thing I had written down here was this is actually going to disincentivize hiring black coaches. Because what if you hire a black coach and then they do a bad job and then you want to fire them? What are you gonna do? You you won't be able to You're fire them. You're scared to fire them. We're gonna have coaches tenure. And so since you can't <laughs> Since you can't hire a black coach and then if they do a bad job, you go to fire them, then what is the next step you're going to take? I'm not going to hire any black coaches because I want to be able to hire and fire as, I, as much as I want and get the right people in there. And so now, since you can't fire the black coach because you're going to get uh, screamed at for being a racist, what's going to happen is you're not going to hire them. And so you're actually going to have a, uh, a worse outcome here anyway.
0: Now, the, the argument like just look at the difference between 2022 and and the 50s and 60s when f- when football first started right and it, it was clear back in the day that football was racially discriminated against the best players in the world yeah and now it's not i mean football oh. is and sports in general and this is what makes me upset because sports in general for the most part is a complete meritocracy it's the best meritocracy we have it's like the best players get to play the most amount of time and, and score most of the goals and or points or whatever it is, and that's that's that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you, I think that's evidenced by seventy percent of the NFL being black players. Yeah, they're the best players, right? Yeah. And if you were to hold them back for being a certain color, well, then you would lose to the teams that won't, right?
1: And then you and, won't make any money as an owner, right? So you want to just, it's not that you want to be this uh, white owner sitting atop the, in your luxury box and just watching your uh, plantation workers run around out there. You want to have the best players possible out there. That's what it is. And it, you can't just best say that the a team
0: possible, which includes all the coaches, by the way, yeah. and your general manager.
1: Anyway, this is just, you know, the this is just in keeping with the same crap that we've seen increasing and increasing, and man, I hope we don't just continue to hear this more and more about the NFL, because I skipped a year, a couple of years ago, didn't watch a single NFL game, because I don't like to mix my politics and sports. It's stressful enough, being a Cowboys fan, I don't need to mix in any politics with my sports. And so, if, if we're going to go back the to The doc said this,
0: you can't increase your blood pressure medication <laughs> anymore.
1: I know. If we're going to go back into this whole thing, then... Gosh dang it, I'm going to have to find me a sport with a bunch of black coaches so I can finally watch it. So anyhow, um, let's move on to the next thing. We've got 15 minutes left, so we'll uh, run through talk a couple about things here. Canadia. Um, this That's a quick one. We can run through that real fast. Well, it's a little been, ridiculous.
0: We've been talking about what's happening uh, north of the border, folks, and this is from the WAPO. Thanks, Jeff. Canada's military may be needed to clear quote, Freedom Convoy protesters, Ottawa police say. As local police and officials abuse, uh, accuse truckers, they probably abuse them too, (laughs) and their supporters of occupying the city, Ottawa police chief Peter slowly said Wednesday that every single option is being considered to end the intolerable, unprecedented Protest against coronavirus public health measures, which have continued since last Friday and led to vandalism against historical sites and what authorities describe as illegal and intimidating behavior to police and others. Now, I obviously don't condone destruction of property Mm -hmm. or desecrating historical sites or intimidating behavior, but isn't it something that, and of course, this is in Canada, so maybe. They don't have the same rights, let's say, but they're relatively free well, the, country. Well,
1: the humans do have the same rights. They're just not protected in the same way.
0: In the same way, yeah.
1: right. Um,
0: but it is interesting how it's, this is a protest that the military is going to have to break mm-hmm. up. But we can protest all kinds of things.
1: In fact, um, I'm sure everyone uh, on the left that might be in favor of this was totally fine with the military being called in. In the summer of 2020 also to clear out all those protests. As
0: far as I can tell, this is mostly peaceful. So I don't know, what's, I don't know what the issue is. Slowly acknowledged in a virtual meeting of city councilors that military action could come with massive risks. He said part of the problem is that the protests are spread out across different law enforcement jurisdictions. This is a national issue, not an Ottawa issue. I am increasingly concerned there is no policing solution to this. While the number of protesters has declined substantially from the thousands on Parliament Hill over the weekend, a determined core group, group remains. With trucks noisily blocking streets, businesses shut down, and residents frustrated for the sixth day, pressure is mounted on police to bring a resolution to the disruption.
1: See? So they're in a, a trucker-imposed lockdown right now. They need to end it really quickly.
0: Uh, we live in the nation's capital, home of our democracy. We expect protests and demonstrations, but we don't expect this.
1: Yeah. This has gone too far. Yep. 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 I have a question for you though, Chuck, just to check our biases here. Um, if this were a protest for, uh, let's say increasing the minimum wage and this uh, exact same thing happened, would we be speaking differently about it with streets being blocked off some monuments or whatever being desecrated people polluting with noise out there you know would we be would would all the people on the right or libertarians have something different to say about it because when people block streets in the past and protests we have been not in favor of that ever happening but we have not talked about how it might be wrong for the truckers to be blocking roadways and streets in this case
0: i don't like the blockage of roadways and streets because i think people should be able to freely travel yeah Uh, because they don't, well, I mean, they're partial owners of it, but so is everyone else. So
1: I'm just wondering if we're the ends justifying the means. In this case, you know, we might be more in favor of what the means are. But when we don't think the ends justify the means, then we're not. I just want to be totally honest with it. You know, because when I see this, I'm like, well, this is an unprecedented government mandates that we've seen removing rights away from people. And so then the question would be, Is it actually okay to do that when the government who has the use of force is out there removing rights from people and you're protesting against them versus you're trying to get the government to remove more rights from people. And so you're protesting in for that. Are there actually moral differences in those protests, even if they're doing the same thing?
0: There's definitely moral differences. I, I just, I try to always reduce things to basic principles. Um, which are life, liberty, and property. Everything derives itself from that. And so my, my, my belief has always been that your rights end where another person's begins. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I have the right to protest or demonstrate against my government or not comply or whatever. But if I impede someone else's right to travel, then, then I'm, I'm harming someone else's right Yeah, in the process of exercising mine. And so that you know, that that's where that's where the rubber meets gets sticky.
1: The uh and me. just to clarify, um I'm not I'm not talking about the looting and property destruction, like the burning of buildings and the looting and stuff and and uh that being decided on ends justifying the means. Uh, for I'm just I'm only comparing to situations where we see a roadway blocked, where we're making it hard for people to go to work or something like that. I hate traffic or people
0: getting to the hospital
1: or yeah, so, something, something like, well, they've been, uh, from what I read, they, they've made sure that there are lanes open and they do whatever they can to be able to let emergency vehicles through and all that stuff. I don't know exactly how all that's happening. And so I don't know, maybe we need to look a little bit more into it. I've just been trying to make sure that we remain as principled as possible and don't speak one way about one specific protest where they block a road and then be all over this one and not ever mention the fact that they're doing something that we said was bad some other time i don't know just trying to i'm just questioning and i don't know exactly where my answer is going to go right there well
0: you know i i'll go back to martin luther king jr too i liked a lot of what they did was because they marched Mm -hmm. so they were moving on the road they never they never really blocked i mean i'm sure they probably did block things for the most part, it was moving. Sure, roads
1: were blocked off and stuff, too, to allow for march. That's what they do now when they have a march to block stuff off. Yeah. But, um, okay, well, for the last, we got eight minutes left here. Speaking of why Canada's rules are really dumb anyway, the main ones that uh, the truckers are protesting, uh, some places in Spain, by the way, are getting rid of their vax ports, their vaccine passports, due to a new study.
0: Due to an alt-right group taking over the yeah. government.
1: Due to a new study, and Fee has a great. This is from John Miltimore, I believe, over at Fee. Someone I need to contact again about coming on the show because we uh, had the res. We're supposed to reschedule. Um, anyway, Spain's first study on Omicron finds vaccinated people spread COVID at the same rate as the unvaccinated. No, yeah, that's cr- There's no way. This is a conspiracy. Does this theory. have
0: a misinformation? I'm sure tag on it.
1: I'm sure it does. It's probably decreased their available reach on Facebook, more than likely. The first Spanish study on how the Omicron variant COVID-19 infects, incubates, and transmits was recently concluded by the public health observatory of Cantabria, Cantabria, maybe, I don't know. The findings, which have not yet been peer reviewed, show that the highly infectious variant accounted for nearly half of the infections recorded during the whole pandemic. Omicron right now for the last month and a half that we've had it have accounted for half of the infections since the beginning of the pandemic. It's amazing. In Spain. One reason Omicron has proven so transmissible, researchers discovered, is the window for transmission is earlier than previous variants. Vaccinated cases seem to have the same transmission capacity as unvaccinated people, researchers concluded.
0: And remember, vaccinated people are the ones who are allowed to do everything. Mm-hmm. And even when things were shut down, even in Nashville. I mean, if you were vaccinated, you didn't have to wear a mask. At the Preds game, you know, or at shows or whatever. And so, and a lot of places required vaccination. Mm -hmm. They finally got rid of those. I believe ours was gotten rid of in November of 2021. But previously, I remember when we first started going to Preds game, we had to show proof of vaccination just to get in Bridgestone. And so those people were spreading it just as much as people who were unvaccinated.
1: That's been the annoying part also with the employer mandate. If you were unvaccinated, you would have to do these tests and you would have to wear a mask. And so you're acting like the unvaccinated workers are the only ones that can spread it. And in that case, you're trying to protect the vaccinated workers from the unvaccinated ones. But the vaccinated workers could be carrying it and spreading it around also. This is the pandemic of the vaccinated. We're not following the science (laughs) here. And in fact... I've- Actually,
0: Costco, Costco says how I feel about my vaccine now. I, look, let me give you some empirical evidence uh, that I have, which is Nate and I got COVID at the same time, July 2021. It was our first bout with the deadly disease that we know of. We, we fought a courageous battle. I was vaccinated. Nate was not. I was sick for about three days, felt crappy for about maybe four or five days, and then I was back to normal. Nate nearly died, lost all of his hair, and started speaking in tongues. <laughs>
1: it's interesting. Okay. And now I have it again.
0: Fast forward to now. Um, I, I was vaccinated and I had COVID. Nate just had COVID. Okay. Fast forward to now. I have not only been around Nate, but also my wife the entire time that both of them had COVID, along with Nate's wife. And it's <laughs> and I have yet to catch it. Yeah. At least I haven't been negative and I have no symptoms. Yeah, I mean, I have been negative the whole time and I have no symptoms and I've taken three tests.
1: And so now what I'm wondering is you're, you've got vaccine plus COVID immunity. What does double COVID immunity get you? Is that better? That's what I want to know. Probably better now. Well, once you recover. You know, if you think about it, your, your uh, COVID infection, post-COVID infection immunity they say was better than just being vaccinated in that recent study. And so what I can surmise from that is double COVID immunity is going to be better than vaccine plus COVID immunity. And so now I'm still going to come out stronger. We'll see.
0: Look, Joe's right. Anecdotal evidence is the weakest evidence. That's true because you know, I am, Uh, a specimen to behold. Okay. Standing at six foot seven, five eighths inches.
1: We know that uh, somewhere between about four and a half feet to six and a half feet is where the virus spreads like right in there. That's why when you sit down at a restaurant, you're safe. And so when you stand up and the normal vector of transmission is right in this area well, you're above it, like your head's above the clouds, the COVID clouds. Mm. And the virus is the heavy. Time. I mean, when it, yeah. it's, it sinks. Got a downward like a... Tra- trajectory. And so you...
0: So my, I'm walking around
1: with yeah. my head up in the air, mm-hmm.
0: not paying attention to nobody. And that's that's how I'm avoiding it. That's
1: Would it be funny if that actually kind <laughs> of was how you were avoiding it right now? was the fact that when people talk and it's going to naturally go down with well, look, gravity. My brother
0: just had COVID two, like two weeks ago. Well
1: must have been because people are yelling up at him all the time. That's what it was. Okay, anyway, last week, public health officials in Catalonia, an autonomous province in northeast Spain, and several other provinces announced they were scrapping vaccine passports in light of this new evidence. The Committee of Scientists told Catalonia's regional government...
0: How about that, though? I "I know.
1: that Because of the nature of Omicron, a large part of the population is once again susceptible to getting infected, whether or not they are vaccinated or have already had the illness. The requirement to show COVID passport has been in place since November in Catalonia, the second most populous community in Spain, with some 7.7 million people. And we go down to some of these. Despite high levels of vaccination in Spain, where 90.7% of the people over the age of 12 are fully immunized, uh, coronavirus cases exploded in Spain over the Christmas holidays, giving it one of Europe's highest incidence rates. They're 90.7% vaccinated, 12 and older. Pretty crazy, and this is one issue you run into is when people get the vaccine, they feel like they're safe from getting it, and they feel like they're not going to give it to other people. Then you start to act differently from what you would if you were someone who was maybe being more cognizant of of that fact, mm-hmm. you know. And so you start to think that it's safe, probably because you watch Rachel Maddow, and you think that it's going to be fine. And uh, then you end up maybe her with more cases. Was perfect. <laughs> So good. The
0: virus looks at you and your vaccination, and it stops.
1: Yeah, with every vaccinated person, it stops. You can't get it. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't exist. That's not misinformation, though. No, of course. All right, let's. Uh, you got to go. All right, y'all If you
0: enjoyed today's episode, please sign up. Goodmorningliberty.locals.com. It's only five bucks a month. Join the live group. We talked about love languages. We talk about all sorts of things. There's Nate Fest coming up here in 2022. We're still gonna have it. We're not checking vaccination status for this either. (laughs) Uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get to—I'm sure—we'll get to planning on that thing soon, because it's—it's it's it's February already, man. And so July, August, somewhere around there, it's coming up sooner than we think, folks. So you NAFES should
1: have been done on my birthday, though. It's in Does that June. Make the most sense, it's the end of June. That's yeah.
0: that's possible. We'll see. We'll see what's uh, cooking around that time. So get signed up. Share the show with a friend, a family member. A sports anchor, your favorite head coach, and the children, and uh, share share it with the protesters up there in Canada, so they can hear a little bit of Liberty News.
1: You know, there. if we held Nate Fest at like Pork Fest, which I'm is in June, that. would that get us some recognition? When we do that, like, what's going on here? All this big group of people came. Oh, they came here for Nate Fest. What's Nate Fest? It's oh, so a festival wanna, inside of a festival. You want to hold <laughs> Nate
0: Fest inside, inside of, of Pork a, Fest?
1: Inside a Pork Fest?
0: Yeah something to something to think about yeah
1: all right all right if you do all those
0: things we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty